parents and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rapoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting across from me, as always, is my co-host, Justin Rapoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be here, and, um, you know, man, after after week one, I wasn't sure we were going to get, I wasn't sure exactly what to expect for the rest of the season, and uh, certainly turned it around and, uh, you know, ha- had a good run there. Yeah, um... There was times throughout, uh, well, I mean, we started season six of this show way back in February. We kicked it off in a big way with uh, Chad Henney, who we're going to see a little bit more from in just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had a, had a, had a uh, performance today in the NFL, and uh, we're going to show video and pictures from that. Uh, that kicked us off in February. Then things kind of came crashing down. Not and, just for the Bulldog. Uh, no, no, for, for everything, literally. In 20, the entire world. 2020. So, got it got go. You know, that's not just uh, something that's happening here. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting. We, we pressed on. We did a spring show and a summer show. And then our normal stuff in August was all up in the air because crazy stuff was happening related to COVID and uh, school and everything. And but that hasn't changed. <laughs> not at all. No, not at all. No changes there. And, um, well, here we are at the end of six Regular season games for the Bulldogs. Yeah. They sit at five and one after a win over Hempfield Friday night, twenty-seven to twelve. Come from behind victory, actually. After going down yeah. nine nothing, they outscored Hempfield twenty-seven to three the rest of the way. And we'll get into that. We will have highlights, statistics, our player of the game, and we'll talk about the victory over Hempfield, which clinched the outright section championship yeah. for the bulldogs in a few years yeah um last one was in 2016 obviously we shared it try you know, three ways in 2018 but first outright section championship since 2016 so first off congratulations to the players and the coaching staff for 
winning the league. That it should be the thing we're leading with, and that is what we're leading with. That yeah, is the absolutely. most important aspect of the season. They got it done. They won the league undefeated in league play, beating everyone that was thrown at them from the Lancaster Lebanon League. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that that is quite the accomplishment, like you said. Um, and I believe um, for these guys, like you said, uh, they had not had one. You know, uh, the guys on right. this team they had not that had out last week. Right, had not they? They had a shared one in 2018. So when these seniors were sophomores, um, but or wait, yeah, no, yeah, shared. Yes, yeah. you're right, shared, but. They had did not have a one that was sole possession, meaning you know basically yeah, clean slate one and only. through section one, and to get that is is no small task, um, especially with some of the things they were up against this year and just the crazy offseason and all those things. Like it's quite an accomplishment for the players. It says a lot about the coaches uh, and what they were able to do in terms of getting players prepared and having wave after wave after wave of guys at certain positions to kind of roll in there. Um, yeah, that. No small task, and uh, congratulations. Yeah, just um, remember what we were thinking and talking about back on September 20th when we were doing, what, episode like four or five or whatever it was after the loss to Mifflin to start the season and all those injuries right. that had piled the, up. Yeah, it wasn't like the loss to Mifflin was obviously not But they're also great. expected to be good, and, you know, and this isn't breaking news or spoiler. They're they, very good. Right. They they're the number good. one seed in 5A entering the playoffs unofficially, right. but right. yes, sort of also officially. Right. They will be the favorites in 5A. Right. So obviously that first game, while it was rough, it's it, not like it was a, necessarily a fluke based right. on the talent that right. they were putting out there. But like you mentioned, the, the injuries coming out of that game really are what put for me, the the bigger question mark moving felt forward. like the season might be in jeopardy, right? Because, in terms of achieving this goal, right? Because in terms of like the knowns, in terms of like knowing what you're going to get to be without Caleb, Troy, and Mason to go to Mannheim Township the following week, a team that had beaten you three out of the last four times, right? I just wasn't real sure how that was going to go, which is a nice way of putting it, honestly. Um, but man, did they! pull it together that week and then each what a week, performance. you know, like, like you mentioned, that was the week where I, I don't, I didn't know what they were going to do and they, they found a way and then they had some opponents where they did what they should do for, for a few weeks. And then uh, this week with Hemfield, they got the job done. Hemfield, um, you know, and I, I'm sure we'll kind of talk about this, but we've mentioned it before. George Ago, George, <laughs> Try that again. George, One more time. George Ager is the coach there. He was on the Wilson staff a few years ago. I uh, had been an assistant there the last few years. Um, but you know, kind of saw him briefly after the game, and he he had his guys ready to go. Uh, they were playing, and you know what? They were pumped up. They, they were, were playing. Excited. They were playing like they were playing for a share of the Section One title, which they were. Which they were like, and that's. Don't get me wrong. I I am so glad it the game on Friday turned out the way it did. But it was good to see Hempfield come out ready to go. You know, like it. it right. Well, we we've talked a lot about them on our on our drives when we go there, and, and you know, and every time when they come up on the schedule, they there have been years where they have been good. It's been kind of middle of the road for a while, but um, yeah, it, I, I was glad the game went the way it did in terms of the final outcome. But like that, you could see that they were. They were playing hard for their first-year coach, and, and that, that's a good thing for him. 
Hempfield has not had part of a league championship since 2005 yeah. when they shared it with Mannheim Township. And they have not won the Lancaster Lebanon League outright since 1994. Wow. So there was a lot of shared titles going on um, throughout the 90s. The teams yeah. just, they couldn't make a run through. Um 94 and 95 were both outright titles for Hemfield and Wilson, respectively. 99 was outright for Cedarcrest, and uh, that was it. The rest of the 90s were all shared. So when I was living in Columbia, I know someone, like, he kicked at Hemfield. He was the kicker, and he went to kick at Youngstown State for Jim Tressel. Oh, um, familiar name. Yeah, yeah and uh, his brother ended up playing football, at least for a little bit, up at uh, West Point. He went to West Point, but he did not play football throughout. But, um, yeah, so, like, that, those were my visions of uh, Hemfield growing up um, with some of the kids I knew. But, yeah, it's uh, – yeah, they were ready to go, and, and we saw that at the start. <laughs> oh, yeah, they uh, they came out fired up, that's for sure. Um, they forced a fumble on the opening drive. Yep. They cashed in on that with a field goal, which their kicker, not the last time we'll hear from him. No. <laughs> uh, very, very strong. They then um, – they held Wilson in check. The teams traded um, possessions back and forth. And Wilson got a nice punt a few possessions later. Thought we had pinned them, you know, maybe flip field position. And then their stud running back, who was playing with a broken arm, yeah. Huge cast. Yeah. Broke off, what, a 62 or some Something yard like that. Yep. touchdown run yep. um, to put him up 9 nothing. Thankfully, yep. Jeff Colson, the senior defensive tackle, busted through the front right, of the line right and the blocked middle. the kick. No yeah. problem. I was at the I other think... end zone photographing yeah. it, and I could see it happening. Right. And I was like, oh, he's going to block it like right. before it even happened. It yeah. was, I it don't was know if there was clear. a way that the kick could have gotten past Jeff he without. He could have almost taken it off the tee and ran <laughs> right. ran ran with it, yeah. which would have been He awesome. was lucky he didn't get kicked. He was that close to <laughs> Right. So, um, well, before we dive into the film and the stats from the game, let's uh, do our, our housekeeping that we always do at the beginning of every show and uh, take care of that uh, before we move on to the Hempfield recap and our Game 7 preview, which we have a lot, obviously, to talk about the, the situation um, developing with uh, the future of the Wilson football 2020 season. And we will get to that shortly. But first, we want to thank our sponsors. Uh, the main ones coming from May's Sandwich Shop, my dad at the Sandwich Shop, and Small Player Big Play, the app available on your smartphones, both Apple and Google. You can check it out uh, in those app stores. And it is a great way to watch and stream and keep up to date with youth athletics uh, a variety of teams in and around the southeastern south central pennsylvania area are using small player big play to broadcast not only their high school football games but many other uh, scholastic athletic events including uh, golf tennis volleyball uh, there may be some soccer in there no. uh, field hockey so you got to get the app to check it out again that's small player big play check them out on uh, your apple or android device we also want to make sure we thank um, the two anonymous sponsors of the show. We appreciate their donation and uh, continued support of the program. If you would like to support us, you can do that not just via sponsorship, advertising, or donations. You can definitely visit the website, BulldogHour.com. There's a lot of information on there, um, both past, present, and future about the Wilson football program. 
And then Justin's favorite activity, spreading the word. Yeah, like and share. Um, that just helps get the word out. We will have a live show next week. We will be on, I think, uh, lucky number 13 next uh, next week on November 1st. We'll be into the month of November next time we broadcast. Same time and place, 8.30 here on Facebook, uh, Periscope, YouTube, uh, however you consume it, or uh, after the fact as, a, as an audio-only podcast. Checking in on the schedule now. Well, there it is. Completed regular season schedule up to this point. Six games on the docket, six games completed, five and one final uh, regular season schedule up to this point uh, with the loss in week one, and then five straight victories. Um, that's that's where we're at. Yeah, <laughs> five yeah. and one. Yep, there we go. Which uh, which is which is great. Again, uh, congratulations to uh, the team and players on their section one championship, twenty eighth. Lancaster Lebanon League title, 27 of them in Section 1. Remember, in 1999, we got the Section 2 crown and uh, so 32 here. league huh. titles overall when you combine it with the three Tri-County titles and the one of the original Berks Football League uh, back in 1950. That was Wilson's first league championship. So 70 years apart from their first to their 32nd, and most of those league titles have happened in the last, four, uh, what, 40, 45 years. Yeah. So, you know, tw- 28 or whatever in the last 45 years or, or so, give or take. Not a bad ratio. No, uh, pretty good. Pretty good ratio there. So let's talk about this. I posted this. I don't. I haven't really talked to Justin much about it, but uh, future schedules were released. Oh, yeah, I saw this I saw week uh, because of the, Bur- the Burks merger coming up with the LL League in 2022. Again, that's not next season. That's the following season. But, but like released, you mentioned, next year's schedules could right, be a little hectic. They too. released opponents, so we get to see who we're going to play. We already knew who the section teams were. We just didn't know when we were playing them or how the things were going to work out. But I know people are interested in the future all the time, so we're going to quickly talk about this. And, uh, well, the first three weeks will be non-league games. Who they will be, I do not know at this time. There is also a bye week, uh, quote, no. For everyone, I believe in, um, is it like the top two or three sections? I think, I, I, don't, I think it's the top three sections. Top three sections. Because the of bottom the two version. have more teams. Yeah. Okay. So every team in, for, for what would be a game six, which in 2022 is Friday, Saturday, September 30th or October 1st. And in 2023 is Friday, September 29th or Saturday, September 30th. All, there are no league games that week. And I got this confirmed from Jeff Reinert of Lancaster Newspaper, LancasterOnline.com. They are not mandating crossover games. They don't want anything to do with it anymore. So those are true buys, which means teams can schedule their own opponents. Now, because there are three sections that are all on buys in the same week, the hope is the teams will pick other LL teams to play to right, fulfill that. There are other fairly local teams available that week right is what you're saying so so is it possible wilson plays mifflin in the middle part of the schedule instead of the beginning that's the question on the table or will wilson find a different ll team not in section one to possibly play now based on everything we've learned over the last few years i doubt that would be Mannheim central right i don't think they want any part of us and honestly i don't think we want a part of it like that was something that both sides aren't really fond of, that matchup. And I don't believe there was 
mutual interest in Cocalico. Correct. I, I believe that again. So I don't know where else you go if it's not Mifflin. Could it be Exeter after you know losing the game this year due to the coronavirus? Could Exeter make an appearance there if Mifflin is played in that week, game two spot that the teams kind of like because it's the long Labor Day weekend? Right. right. I could see that possibly happening because yep. we are technically scheduled to play them next year. If both teams are okay with it, maybe they, they say, hey, they let's just do keep it, it again. Going. Right. And that would you, be easy. and It's it's a Burks rivalry. Well, and you're going to do it for two years, so each team would get a home right. game in 22-23? Yep, 22-22 and 23-23. Right. So, like, that's going to be a game that, again, knock on wood, we're talking way down the road here. Hopefully, you would expect large crowds at those games. Right. Um if not, there's larger problems. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, you'd expect large crowds at both those games. So like that, I th- I feel like that's something that the teams could sign on for. But I, I don't know. But um, th- that's definitely an intriguing option. And I believe this is my personal take. I believe that's probably the most intriguing option. Ruling out the Mannheim Central continuing. So just scheduling Exeter for that game six. Yeah, I feel like that makes the most sense. Having. I don't think Mifflin's going to move off that Labor Day. Or I don't mean that as a, their decision. I believe I believe Wilson and Mifflin together will make the decision to keep that game on Labor Day weekend. I believe the only options within the LL League that I can think of that would be maybe both be willing, maybe both be willing, possibly maybe Daniel Boone or uh, Muhlenberg. Now, I know Muhlenberg's been right. struggling recently, but there's familiarity with the coaching staffs. Right. There's a connection there. Maybe it's something that they would pursue. I don't know how likely right. it is, but I just I don't know what other teams would be would be willing. Right. Yeah. I don't really know. Most of the teams, to be honest, maybe maybe a team like Warwick, which is not going to be Section One, correct? They'll be Section Two. They're Section Two. Like maybe they would want to be back up. Like I maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like in terms of teams that can compete, and that sounds terrible, but like you're not going to get a team that doesn't think they have a shot, you know, just to do it, just to fill the schedule. They're not going to do that. Right. So if you're looking at teams where it makes sense, Warwick has been well, on and, our schedule and, a lot. So, like, I feel like they, they could be on there. We also have to no, remember that when this Burks LL merger happens and the 37-team jumbo conference is formed, there also is pending realignment by classification you're right, for you're 2022, right. which could see Warwick, Mifflin, Exeter all move to 6A. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but Mifflin, I believe, was the largest 5A school when the new classifications came out prior to this season. So there's a chance that teams like the ones that I just mentioned could sneak into 6A, which makes it power ratings, which, Even better. which is just a lovely topic of conversation recently. Um, very, Don't very forget your blood pressure interesting. Um, so we'll see how that plays out, but... Um, I don't, maybe Conestoga Valley and they're a five A team. I, could there be any interest there? Uh, I just Cedar Cliff. I know that's not obviously that's not an LL team, but I'm thinking non league in general. Of what other teams are you adding to the schedule? Right. Because um, yeah, we'll have to wait. Mifflin will be on there whether it's week two or week six. Not sure. Other than that, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if we look to add suburban one schools back on. You know. Um, or some extenuating circumstances for this year and next year uh, for that. But like after that, it, you know, I don't know. Right. Cause could, could it's not as simple as like, it's not as simple as like, Oh, Hey, we want to like that. We would like to play this team. Well, 
they have to be willing and, and able. You right. know? And that's not going to work in the middle. That would have to be up front. Right. Uh, but, my guess is Mifflin's on there. Say maybe they get Exeter. That would be cool. You're left with two right. spots. In the past, for the, a long time now, for what, six years running, uh, barring you know the coronavirus issues this year, Central Dolphin has reciprocated. Right. Could that continue? It's very possible I think, that I think it could. It's likely. So then you're looking at really just one game. If you right. find a, a crossover game that's not mandated, but you choose to play, right. so someone like Springford or Perkiom Valley, especially in Coatesville, that week three, like Downingtown that. East, Downingtown West, uh, North Penn. I'm just trying to throw out schools, um, you know, down mm-hmm. southeastern that that could possibly be interested. Uh, could they reach out to any Allentown schools like Parkland, yeah, yeah. Um, Emmaus, Easton? Uh, freedom, liberty, possibly. I don't know. We'll see. Right. Um, that's all pending, but we got to get through 2020 and then also play 2021, which Justin already mentioned. That could get all messed up because we didn't get to play the first half of the two-year series. Uh, you know, we're supposed to host Central Dolphin next year. Right. Will that it would, happen? It would be it would be very convenient if it was just like, oh, we're just going to continue on as if 2020 happened at normal. But like, I don't know that that'll happen. Like, right. I don't know that it won't. I, I but I don't like know the, that. Well, like the league schedule gonna... set. The league schedule is not yeah, that, changing. That's that's Penn the Manor easy through part. Township is. I would expect not to change. That was one of the things I did notice on those schedules too. Sorry, not to jump around, but that Township is that last game. Mm-hmm. Then, like they're they're, banking, they're marketing they're banking that one. on yep. it. Yeah, it's the end of the crossovers. Manheim Central is penciled in there. I don't see that changing. The ones that would possibly change are those non-league. Those first four again. I don't see Mifflin changing. They came to us this year. We're going to go to them. Uh, I would expect the Central Dolphin series to just pick up where it left off, and we would host them. We were supposed to host Exeter. Unfortunately, we didn't get that, but I think we'll probably go to Exeter. The biggest one is probably the Martin Luther King game. Yeah, We were supposed to go to them this year, and that didn't happen. Will we host them next year? I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Right. And to be honest, it could be a mess, like not a scheduling mess You know, with teams here and there. Like, Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, you get to the point where, like, are you going to maybe go somewhere where you would have had a home game, but you need to fill the schedule? Like, I don't know. And th- those are all things that there's lots of time to work that out. Right. Um, and lots of things that have to fall in place before then to even start worrying about that. But it is I, – I was kind of impressed that they have those schedules out so far in advance. But it's kind of nice to know. Yep, so. it's nice to know. And hopefully uh, non-league games will be filled in, and you know, in the next year or so. Yeah. And we'll know what's going yeah. on. And uh, honestly, I think a few of them will be easy. They just say yeah. to Mifflin, hey, do we want to do this Labor Day weekend? Yep, okay. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, Central Dolphin, do we want to keep playing? Yep, okay. Right. I feel like both I feel like both those games, I mean, they're tough. Like, they're tough games. But the Wilson-Mifflin game, I don't think is going anywhere. I can't see it going anywhere. The, the hope central, was that the, it would the be... The Central Dolphin game, while a really tough first-week opponent, both teams... Set, tend to like that test early on, and yeah, I was just kind of curious if they could poss- would possibly consider moving that to week three, right, and finding a different week one yeah. opponent. But yeah, again, yeah. the teams that Wilson has been interested in scheduling and are willing to play us are like it, I don't know that it's going to be any quote easier, right, right. Like you know, adding adding any of those suburban one or whoever you want to yeah. throw out there no. is that an easier test, right? Right. No. And on a <laughs> like, typical year, like that, we always refer to that. Like you run that gauntlet at the beginning, and then that, for better or worse, it kind of gives you an idea yeah. of where you are by, by the time you hit the league well, schedule. The strength so. of our non-league opponents last year catapulted us to the number one seed right. in the power ratings. Right. Yeah. As a result, even though we lost head to head to Manheim Township. Yep. 
All right, let's watch the video from the win over Hempfield and go over some statistics. All right, remember, this is Huddle Film, so it is notoriously... Uh, random. It skips around and incredibly random. So uh, we're going to pick up here. Obviously, we're not seeing any of the Hempfield highlights. This is all Wilson, and we're going to get to see one of Caleb Brown's many runs on the evening. He set a Wilson record for rushing by a quarterback, 198 yards for him. And uh, after Jack Wagner's field goal cut it to 9-3, Jack again with another great night uh, kicking two field goals. Uh, Caleb Brown takes this one 35 yards for the score, and that gave Wilson the lead after Wagner's successful extra point, 10-9 in the second quarter. Uh, we got another big run here by the senior quarterback, Caleb Brown. Again, he had a phenomenal evening. Uh, he threw a touchdown, had a rushing touchdown, and just a big night overall. Again, Wilson was up 13-9 here in the third quarter when Hemfield would line up for a 50-yard field goal by Bisco, and he nailed it. It would have been good from 55, maybe longer. Wow. So, yeah, great, great kicker there at Hempfield. So Wilson leads 13-12 to 12 before they the, pull out The some, Eagles could use him. <laughs> they pull out a trick play. Coach Palm. Yeah, yeah. Pulling this one out. Apparently is new this week. It's called Austin for <laughs> tight end Corey Powers. So Brown gave By it the way, to that Leonard. That movie came out before any of these kids were born. <laughs> right, right. But. Brown gave it to Leonard, who gave it to Powers, who threw it to a wide open Sean Dendel, who made a phenomenal catch yes. in the end zone for the score. And that I love gave the Wilson use of the, the lefty rolling right. to the left. Like that, that was great. 20 to, th 20 to 12, excuse me, before Wilson would uh, get another one here uh, on a beautifully thrown and cat or caught ball from Brown to flight. Yeah, man, that was a he narrow window. He thread the needle for sure. That was uh, that was impressive throw by Brown uh, and a great, great catch by yeah, TJ Slayton like in traffic. Yeah, yeah I, I could not believe that the ball made it there. And I couldn't believe that flight caught it. Right. And uh, he gets the touchdown extra point good. Wilson's up 27 to 12. And that is what the final would be. Again, the Bulldogs winning the game and winning the Section 1 championship as a result. So all around strong effort. Started a little slow. Couldn't quite get things going. We right. said George Ager had Hemfield hyped. And uh, they showed it early. But Wilson weathered the storm and came out on top. And uh, yeah, it was a... It was a it was a good game, a fun night. The kids were super pumped, and uh, you know, overall, Wilson, despite the slow start in the first quarter, maybe even the first half, Wilson pretty much controlled the game. Uh, the Bulldogs yeah, after the first few minutes, like, yeah, they, they like even said, down nine nothing though. I don't know that how concerned anyone really was. I I wasn't concerned that. If we turned it on, I was just concerned of where are we going to turn it Where are we going to turn it that, on? That was the only thing. But. Wilson had 22 first down to Hempfield 7. Wilson rushed 50 times for 347 yards. Didn't quite hit the century mark in passing yards, only 87. But total yards for the two teams. Hempfield, 42 plays for 224 yards. Wilson, 66 plays for 434 yards. Wow. Yeah, impressive. Um Wow. Wilson only punted twice. Uh, they did lose the fumble early on. Uh, here, here's another thing. Penalties. Yeah. Eight penalties for 97 yards. Not great. No. But I think many people would say that that wasn't the A-team of officiating. 
they were very no. We we had some many. that were absolutely like absolutely got it. The horse collar one gets me every time. Yeah, <laughs> run up the middle. Got called for a horse collar at the line of scrimmage when you're running into the guy. When I you're hugging, tackling him. I don't really know how that happens. But. Um, so wasn't ideal. Um, one one of the refs was super flag happy and no one called him on it, but it's fine. Weathered the storm, persevered, moved on. Wilson was uh, six of twelve on third down, so hitting fifty percent of the third down chances, and they didn't allow Hemfield to convert on third down. Oh for ten. Wow. Now, Hemfield got uh, one score inside the red zone. Wilson did as well, but Wilson did fail on one of their red zone attempts. And that's um, one of the first times that happened this year. Wilson yeah. had been very, very good inside the red zone. Um, didn't didn't connect Wait, on all of them was, this time. Was that the end of the game when we took Oh, it might have been. Yeah, it might have been. I took took a knee instead of, yeah, instead I of scoring the, I liked the five. So. Right. So, uh, so that one you can't even put on uh, right. really on them. They, it was by choice. Looking at individual statistics for the game against Hempfield, again, rushing was the name of the game for the Bulldogs. Caleb Brown and Mason Leonard both carried the ball 15 times. Caleb, 198 yards and a touchdown with the long of 35. Man, he looked fast. When he got outside, he looked fast. Yeah, and he was running hard, the too. The Hempfield like... coaches were screaming about quarterback run and contain and right, watch the right. sweep and he he's keeping it and they were going nuts because Caleb was beating them and continued to beat them right. uh, most of the night. Mason uh, gained 79 yards on his 15 carries and uh, we saw um, Goose carry eight times for 40 yards, Jaden 10 for 38, uh, Caleb just hair short of mm-hmm. 200 rushing yards, um, which is quite the feat. Caleb was 8 of 15 for 66 yards and a touchdown passing. And then we got to see former quarterback Corey Powers throw the touchdown of 21 yards to TJ Flight, who also had a second reception uh, for five yards, totaling 32 in all. Powers had two catches for 19 yards. uh, And Sean Dennell had a 21-yard touchdown from Powers. That was a really nice catch. It was really nice. It was it was uh it was a great play call. It was perfectly executed. Your pictures were perfect on that too. And I told you as it was happening, and I'm taking the photos live. I wasn't sure he was in. Yeah, I I wasn't either. I wasn't convinced. That's really hard for me to see from up up that the ref was going to call it a touchdown. And then when he did, I was obviously excited and then i looked at my pictures i was like oh yeah dendel made the catch he was in it was fine no issues whatsoever so um great play call great execution great throw great so, catch. so that's one where looking at the pictures afterwards showed you that, that he was in the end zone yes, this weekend. he was in the end zone yeah oh boy let's not go there <laughs> defensively Corey powers once again uh leading the way he had four total tackles two of them for loss one of them being a sack Ethan Capitano, homecoming king, three and a half tackles, one and a half for loss. He had a breakup as well. John Ramsey, Mason Leonard, Colby Williamson, Jeff Coulson also contributing three tackles. Most of them had one for loss. Jeff Uh, had the block kick. Mason had the interception. Jeff had the block kick. Colby Williamson with two sacks. Uh, Ramsey with a sack. Uh, and the coaches after the game, specifically defensively, were talking about how this may be one of their better pass rushing groups uh, right. that they've had. So right. uh, a lot of high they, praise for them they and their motor. They could not stop K- 
Cappy and Colby off the edge. It, oh, I say off the edge of like that three man front. Like they just put them wide and they just flying around the edge. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff from them. Uh, good all around. Solid performance. Got that victory. Love it all the way. So who's our player of the game? I very much thought we could give it to Corey Powers. I really right. wanted to with his contributions on defense and the passing touchdown. But when you have someone rush for almost 200 yards yeah, and, and set a like record, you have yeah. to uh, you have to give him the nod. So senior quarterback Caleb Brown is our player of the game for the win over Hemfield again. 198 rushing yards, which is a record for a Wilson quarterback, and he just uh, he looked good with his feet. He, he and um, and he still threw in a passing touchdown for good measure. Uh, and a, a great, a, an incredible passing. passing, passing Not like measure, oh, he yeah. threw it to somebody who made you know ran eighty yards, or like he threw it to the guy who's like fielding it like a punt. No, it was probably the tightest window he threw into all night. Um, and yeah, it that was a heck of a pass. It really, really was. So congratulations to Caleb and uh, the Wilson players and coaching staff for not just the victory but again the league championship yeah another another trophy coming to uh to west lawn yeah you love to see it i heard the kids yelling about sweatshirts <laughs> <laughs> well of course coach bender was ready oh he, he yeah. ordering site was out immediately Surprise. ready to roll so i look forward to uh, adding that shirt to the collection and uh listing all of wilson's lancaster lebanon championships on the back so Good stuff all around for sure. All right, so what's next? So what's next? That's always that's a great question. It's a question we've been asking for the last two weeks now. What is next? Well, the way it looks now, what is next will be a game seven for the Bulldogs, and that will mean a regular season finale as scheduled. Well, sort of as scheduled. Uh, the crossover game against right. Mannheim Central is what Wilson is looking at most likely. And that is as a result of the power ratings not coming out in Wilson's favor after in the 11th hour, Harrisburg scheduled a fourth game at State College tomorrow evening at 4 o'clock. Getting that fourth game allows Harrisburg to be eligible for the playoffs. And in this COVID truncated season, District 3, 6A, and most of District 3 is only taking four teams to the playoff instead of eight or more as a result of the shortened season. District 3 had to do that in order to get their district champions into the state playoffs. That is why this happened. Everything's been shortened, and that is the way uh, things ended up this year. So District 3, 6A, and a few below them are only taking the top four. And as it stands now, Wilson is on the outside looking in at the fifth spot. So that means Wilson will travel to Ratu Stadium Friday, October 30th, to take on Mannheim Central. And uh, it's not, uh, at least on paper, what we're seeing in front of us, the uh, Mannheim Central team that we're used to. It's not the one you, you've come to know over the last two or three decades. Yeah, they're they're struggling. This is oh, three decades. Their, their worst team in like 45 years, yeah. at least statistically, record-wise. Yeah. And uh, things just aren't going their way for Coach Hahn and the Barons. Uh, last year, you know, they ran through Section 2, won that title. They were 9-3 and three overall. Yes, they're getting blown apart like a couple weeks in a row. 
And then, yeah, they went into section two and we're like, I wonder what they're going to do. And they ran through section two. Yeah, including beating Cocalico, right. who ended up winning the, di- the or right. winning the district championship, and I think going to the state title. No, I don't think they went to the state title. Oh, okay. I think they, Maybe, I think they lost in the semis. Okay, okay, yeah. But right. I mean, still nothing to sneeze at for right. sure. So, right. yeah, Manheim Central is the game this Friday again. It'll be, I'm sure it's limited or no spectators right. and will not be open to the general public. Public. Manheim Central started the season with a big win over Cedar Crest, 41 to 6. Right. Then they lost to Cucalico by double digits. They they fell Which was a surprise yeah, but, by 16, 35 but, to 19. You know, Cucalico again, like we said, they're nothing to No, we saw them in the scrimmage. Right. They looked very good. Right. Then they went to Warwick who, for the first time last year, beat them. Right, and is not in a long time. Not necessarily the place you want to go to try and get right. Right anymore. So, you know, yeah, it used w- to be, but is not anymore. They go to Lidditz and they get beat up, kind of like what we did to them at Gursky yeah. last year. That's yeah. what happened in Lidditz against Warwick this year. They lost forty-five to fourteen. So now you're like, oh boy, you know, losing okay. to Calcum and Warwick, that's fine. They're one and two. They'll get right. They'll win the next three weeks. Right. And if we play them, you know, it'll be a game. Well, then they lose to Solanco at home by a touchdown, forty-two that to was thirty-five. A head that turned her some heads, but again, Solanco was was doing all right, you know, and still a little surprising. At the but time, yes. they were in the running for the Section Two Championship. Yes, that yes. just cemented that fact. Then they host Conestoga Valley last Friday. But, but at that plus. point, what were they one in one in three? Yeah, and we were three. like, they're going to finish three and three. Right. So, and then we find out after uh, we beat. Um, Cedarcrest, mm-hmm. that Manheim Central lost to Conestoga Valley. Yeah. Oh, by almost the same score as they lost to Solanco. 35-41 again at Manheim Central on their own turf. So now you're really scratching your head. Four-game losing streak for the Barons. Just unheard of. Right. Unheard of for them. Now they got right this week at Elizabethtown, destroying uh, them 51-14 to on the road. But now they will get to welcome us in yeah. to the stadium, most likely, this Friday, October 30th, 7 o'clock kickoff. They do have another game scheduled for November 13th. So Mannheim Central is currently open November 6th. I know there's some other LL teams that may be looking to add them as well. But um, that's not official right now. But I, I know some teams are there. There are other LL teams that are looking to continue their seasons with uh, non-district playoff games. So. Right. They may add some more there. So, um, so what what's happening in Mannheim right now? Who uh, who are the the key players? Um, the, they have a new quarterback. Right. Evan Simon has moved on. He's uh, off playing college football at Rutgers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Their starting quarterback is Judd Novak, who can sling it. He's a good. He's a very good passer. Um, Owen Pappas is back at wide receiver and defensive back, and they also have a couple specialists back. But that was it. Um, right. Graduation really took it out of Manheim Central, and it for it the second year in a row. Right, it wasn't their best team last year, right. but with a, you know a Division One recruited quarterback, they eventually got right once they settled in, got to play those Section Two teams, and they started to get rolling. Actually, the wake up call was getting beat up by us. Mm-hmm. That is when they turned things around, and they proceeded to win. I think like the next like six games or something yeah. like that. They got hit so hard by graduation, losing 20 full-time starters. Um, 
they just haven't they haven't had it this year. They didn't have the mojo. Um, not a lot has changed other than the players. You know, the coaching staff is there. This the, the um, offense and defense is is the same. Right. They're running the spread offense. Um, and like I said, Novak can throw it, but he hasn't always had time. And they haven't developed a strong running game, which is usually something that really complements them, especially yeah. when Evan Simon's there. Yeah, Everyone knew he could throw it, they but were, they could also run always, the ball. They, they are, they're always so balanced. They they have been able to throw it. They've had a few Division One quarterbacks go through that program, but they've always been able to run the ball, at least respectably as well, and they haven't, they haven't had that this year. Right. So that's what's on deck for Wilson to round up the – truncated abbreviated COVID-19 mm-hmm. 2020 regular season schedule. And I say the original schedule because there's an opportunity to add games should the program choose to do so. I do not know we, if right. that is going to happen. We've sort of mentioned it to a few people, but I believe they were all waiting to see what happened with the power ratings to figure out should they make the playoffs uh, it sounded like maybe that was going to be it. If they made the playoffs, you know, they play a game or two or however long it takes, and that would be it. Now with the way things are looking and playoffs aren't happening, they have the potential to add up to three games because you can play ten games, hmm. not counting playoffs. So you just you can play through November, correct? They right. can play up to Thanksgiving Saturday, right? The Saturday of Thanksgiving, like two days after Thanksgiving. Uh, I would think if they're going to do that, they would play one, two, or three in a row, which would be November 6th, 13th, and 20th, if Wilson would be adding anything. And obviously, as soon as I hear, I will let everyone know. Either way. Either way. But Wilson has the potential to uh, improve to 6-1 and one with a victory over Manheim Central this Friday. That would guarantee a winning record. For oh boy, putting myself on the spot here because I don't remember exactly how many um, years it is for the winning. I do know that the win over Hempfield uh, clinched a 57th consecutive non-losing season. Wow! Because uh, they can only play four more games, and you lose all four, you're five and five. Right. So they're a minimum uh, non-losing for sure. Right. Should they beat Manheim Central this Friday, they're guaranteeing themselves a 45th straight winning season. So a lot on the line still. Um, even if the playoff dream isn't going to happen, there's a lot riding, um, just playing for pride and playing for fun. And then uh, it would be fun to see them add at least one more game. You know, right. maybe they can't find three or, you know, they don't want to play three. Right, like, like we kind of mentioned before, it's not as simple as, oh, we'd like to play so-and-so, like, it takes two to tango. Yep. And uh, Wilson can't always find that second partner. So we'll see what happens. It would be nice to maybe add at least one. If they can't get two or three, so be it. But play Man I'm Central, and then maybe someone else is sitting there for the 6th or 13th of November. I, I, I've had people multiple times say they should play on Thanksgiving. I'm like, yeah, okay, that'd be cool. But, like, people can't be there. Right. It would be different, like, if you could do that right. a different year right. when people could be there to watch. Right. Especially if it would snow like a few years ago. Yeah. But yeah, Thanksgiving football. I mean, Thanksgiving football goes hand in hand. And I've never seen Wilson. I've seen them practice on Thanksgiving, but never play on Thanksgiving. Right. So uh, I feel like that is a massive long shot. Right. Um, but I, I think there's a good chance that maybe they add a game. 
maybe two. That would be fun. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm sure Coach Doms and um, and Drew will be working the phones and the emails to see if anyone is willing to play the Bulldogs on Friday the sixth to uh, get an eighth game in for Wilson, and uh, we'll go from there. So, well, <laughs> what do you want to say about the power ratings, Justin? Where do we want to go with this? I mean, it 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 stinks. Um... You know, I, we talked about it. We, we talk about this all the time about how, and we probably talked about it last week when we were, when it was used to be four classifications and it, you know, we talk about how one loss could keep you out. And, um, that's pretty much what is going to happen this year. There are other circumstances that make it a little, uh, well, make it even harder to swallow this year. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of it. Like s- sitting, <laughs> Sitting in the position where Wilson is right now, like part of me is like, man, I wish we kind of would have done what District 11 did and just right. keep our own playoffs. And then, but Not just that, that's it. Now, now that's easy for me to say in this position. Right. If, in if, right, sure. if, if we were one of those four, I'd be like, what the heck? You know, like, I don't know that that's what I would think, but I would probably think like, Oh man, what if you know? If you won that district title, you'd always kind of be wondering, well, what if? What if we could have won one more? You know what I mean? But right. So in the position we're in right now, I kind of think that I would be like, oh man, it would have been nice if they would have just took taken eight and just that's the way it goes. There's lots of what ifs. Um, you know, had had a bunch of people asking me questions all week, and you know, things about like, what about if we? win the Hemfield game by a lot. And I'm like, doesn't matter. You know, yeah, like point score, but, matter. but I just talked about, I was like, look, all you can do is go out and play the Hemfield game and, and win. Cause if you don't win, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Um, everything was riding on that. Right. So, so you didn't have a chance. Right. So, I mean, it, it, it stinks. There's not really a whole lot, <laughs> you know, it, there, there are a number of issues, not, not just alone in six a that, that have come up, um, where, Teams just kind of were doing what was in their best interest. Maybe, well, maybe that's what you kind maybe, of have maybe to maybe towing the line a little bit. And and again, I'm talking beyond six A, beyond six A, um, because I again I, I don't well, know. It, well it's tough. I know what you're talking about. You're talking right. about two A. Yeah, you're talking I, about yeah. Camp Hill. Um, not which which directly ties into another Berks County school three right. A. Camp Hill not rescheduling their game against Middletown, right. which negatively impact why I'm missing. Right. Well, I guess maybe negatively impact right. Middletown but, and why I'm but missing. But it left it left a linked. question mark there because if Middletown plays that game, Middletown wins that game most likely. And so I don't know that. So maybe Middletown finishes above Wyo then anyway. Well, but yeah, if they're winning, I would assume they probably would. Right. Right. But. Because Middletown didn't, or because Camp Hill chose not to reschedule that game and chose not to, they had the opportunity to and Correct. chose not to. That leaves Columbia yeah, out. It's, it's it's right. It's it's less of a, an impact on why missing, though, it would have been more definitive right. than what right. happened. Right. Um, you know, because why missing lost the game and couldn't find an opponent, which also sucks for them. Right. But the and other Middletown aspect... was available that weekend as well <laughs> because I think that was the weekend they should have made up the Camp Hill game and Camp Hill chose not to. That 
I don't know that for sure, but I think that's how the puzzle pieces go together. But Camp Hill choosing not to make up that game, which they probably lose, they, means that a team that played all six of their games, won four of them, and was in line to make the playoffs, the, make the district championship game because they only take the top right, you two. You only take two at 2A. So they don't get out because a team essentially chose to manipulate the power ratings, right. which we were told shows a huge lack of integrity. Right. Right? We heard a lot about that right. recently, uh, which is uh, laughable. Um, I have a lot to say about this, but I'm not going to. Right. Um, but well, the, no, no, you won't. I won't say it on the Until you click right the end. Now, right, right. right. We, um, we talk about this. There's the a massive amount of hypocrisy and double standards going on, and the only people you can point out is District 3, um, they are absolutely oh, that, to blame for all of that, this. That is where it goes. Absolutely. 100%. So, it is not. In. Well, Everyone yes. sitting in the District 3 offices in mid pen country uh-huh. can get off their high horse uh-huh. and drop the elitism and just stop and instead of pointing figures at the other schools trying to figure out what to do in the best interest of their student athletes uh-huh. and figure out. How they could have, you know, stepped up and decided to do something about it. Right. And don't give me the, oh, this is unprecedented times. Yeah, and we've known about it for right. how long now? And I also look at... You knew at, about it back in August. I also look at... And this this goes... And I think this is going to get overlooked a lot until next weekend. When I think it's going to be in, the, in everybody's scope. Is that the York League chose not to do what the LL League did. And move it so that their premier... <laughs> the, Matchup, right? Happens. But the toughest thing for them is they didn't have any non-league games to move around. It's fair enough. Like fair there enough. was no crossover game. Fair so enough. as much as I'm incredibly disappointed that William Penn and right. Central York ha- didn't play, it wasn't a manipulation. It, right. it just was You're the right. way the schedule broke. Yeah. And as disappointed as I am that they didn't play, and that and is how... that is a week ten matchup usually. Didn't yes, you say it that? is. Yes. So and, that is a last week matchup. And this so. is the first year, at least recently, that they're both six A. Right. William no, Penn had been right. 5A. Right. So I guess what excuse me there is so I, I do not anticipate William Penn winning their first game. I also do not do not anticipate Central York winning their first game. They're an interesting but, team. But like I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm really intrigued by that. Um but I I take either of the mid pen teams over in terms of who I think would win well, over. There's William a history Penn. there. Like we know what we're getting right. from it, Harris. Right. It's not just Dolphin. random. We, and but that see that's the thing. We also know what historically we've been getting from the York teams. Right. And it's nothing. Right. Now Central York looks like a beast. But again, we've seen They've teams had it before. go undefeated in the York League and then make the playoffs and do nothing. Right. Like, wasn't it last year or, or yes. the year before that was the first, like, York League in 5 or 6A or, or the highest right. classification? But wasn't it because in, they, like, eight years Right, or but I think it was because two York teams played each other. <laughs> like, I'm been. serious. I think two York teams were scheduled against each other, so it was guaranteed to end. So, it's just a mess. It's unfortunate. And there are, obviously, extenuating circumstances all surrounding COVID. Right. But there could have been things done to make right. it much more clear. And then to come out when when we attempt to do something that other teams are doing right that that bothers me a little bit i don't there, there are things that i look at like yes i don't like and obviously i'm viewing this through my my red colored glasses you know like but i look at it as 
well, flashback a week ago, Wilson coaches and, and everything, we're looking to do everything they could to put our team in the best position possible to continue the season. And I, I think that's what, what they should do. That that's part of what they should do. They should be looking out for their, for the best interest of, of their student athletes. And I, to some degree, I feel like that's what other schools are doing too. Um, like the, the staffs, the coaching staffs and things like that. I don't know. I not necessarily everyone. <laughs> um, so like I, while I get disappointed that it's happening that way, I also am like, I don't know that I can be that upset. Cause like, I just, I try, I try to think like, what if we were in that situation and we were trying to schedule someone up to the last minute? Uh, however, that being said, like we didn't, you know, like, and, and it's not that situation. And it, I don't know, it's tough. It, and, and, you, we we brought this up earlier in our conversations, and it's not unique to this week or even this situation. But the people who lose out are student athletes, based on right. lack of planning and foresight from adults in charge, like adults who are in charge. Um, I think the worst thing is that for now three weeks they sat back and did nothing, and right. they could have stepped in immediately and said, "Whoa, you can't do that," but they let they let people do it. And then things changed abruptly, uh, and they decided to pull out rules that don't exist and, and that's, in any written right, form. That's where, that's where it is. If if you're gonna wipe your hands of it a month ago, then you should wipe your hands of, of it now and be like, "Hey, do what you got to do." You know, if that's your attitude a month ago, that should be your attitude now. <sighs> to be honest, I think they, I think they wrongly thought that it wasn't going to be an issue. I think, I think they either thought two York teams won't go undefeated or Harrisburg won't get a fourth game. Or Harrisburg won't be playing at all is probably what they thought. Right. And they also probably thought, well, Harrisburg doesn't have enough time to play the games because that's what everyone thought. Right. That's what everyone thought. Right. And then it started to come out, oh, well, they're going to play on Tuesdays. So right. What? What are right. you talking about? Right. After playing on Saturday. Uh, right. Um, <sighs> yeah. I so, mean, it, it's tough. Um, I, I do, I do sit back and, and look at just from a, a bigger picture thing. And this, this gets super cliche, but like sometimes life sucks, you know? Yeah. And Well, life's not and, fair. It's right, like, if right. That's the cliche. And, and the only thing I can say is make the most of what you got. And, and Wilson did that this year, you know, like they, they went out, went undefeated in the league. Like we talked about nothing to hang your head about. Um, at this point, there's nothing they they could they could do, right. and there's nothing you can change. Um, for for me personally, and I cannot speak to you know I, I wasn't on the field playing the game that that week one, but if that had come down to like a single possession type of game, for me it's a harder pill to swallow, right. like e- even harder I should say, because um, I don't look back at that game and think what if, right? You know there there were no what ifs about that game to me. Um, whereas like, I, like the game we had a few years ago where we were down like 21, nothing. And then like stormed back and like, looked like we were, was that 27, 2017? Yeah. You know, like a loss like that would, yeah, that, that would, that, that that would you. right. And it, like I said, it, losing to Mifflin, losing in that way to Mifflin, all that stuff being, being left out now, like all those things are, are tough. 
But if it was like that, oof. yeah. Well, but I, like it, it, I don't, I don't really know. Like I, <laughs> the the last thing I want to say, there's lots of things I just don't know what to think about all of it because I, I I can't really wrap my head around all the pieces. I guess the last thing I want to say before we go is I don't want it to be conflated or confused or think that. Um, we that we blame like i don't blame this on harrisburg no they no. were doing what they could do like district right. three didn't tell them not to do it right and and that team and coaches and they absolutely and players, are one of the top four teams in district three six a right like that is not debatable right. right that that team and coaches they did not make the decisions that they, they were living under the decisions that other people made for right. them and put them in a bad spot right. from both sides and then as things changed it changed more than a lot of those first people was, who made those decisions thought it would, I think. it was the school board ruining it for them. Right. Then they came to their senses and and allowed it to proceed. But then District 3 had no answer for what would happen if a team joined halfway through the season. Which I can't believe that like they didn't even think of that when the biggest... Well, and that like, vote wasn't like all of a sudden. like There were days but like you knew going ahead. Right. How was there not anyone being like, we need to make sure that we have all these... You know, every all the rules and guidelines figured out, so we can know like, are they going to be eligible? Right, and that's where it shifts back the the district three decision makers, in my opinion. Like, but yeah, sorry, not to cut you off. No, they they but, dropped the ball and right. they they hid behind right. it, and until they they ha- basically put it in our hands because we were the ones that knew we were going to get screwed. Right, so we decided to do something which was add a game because they had already said you can play up to 10 games. Right. But then they decided to uh, then throw a flag and say, well, you can't do that. That's manipulation. And that is, that just right. shows lack of integrity. Right. Well, and which... that's, and that's, and that brings, that brings it circle around. Then how is what other schools are doing and not, not Harrisburg. Harrisburg's right. trying to get their games in. Not playing a game because they knew it would right. negatively impact their power ratings, which was right. the whole integrity comment anyways, saying right. that, oh, well, we, we've had this in for a few years right. because which, people were manipulating Right, which is someone ratings. said, right, someone brought that up to us the other night, saying, like, they, they, they threw this term out there a few years ago when somebody was trying to do similar things in terms of manipulate. Well, okay, so... How that, is not to playing me, a game To me, that makes it kind of worse that it's not clear-cut because... Because this it's is not the, in writing, because it right, doesn't exist. Right, because if right, if, if they find out on Tuesday morning about a Tuesday afternoon game, for example, which doesn't happen nowadays, but like if that's what they did and they're like, wait, 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 what, what's going on? Okay, like I can understand how you weren't prepared for that, but like we we knew about these things, like and they they chose not to make clear cut decisions on them until after the fact. They were they were very responsive, not proactive yeah. and um so so it's frustrating so, frustrating oh gosh yeah to finish my final thought and this is me personally because um i don't ever want anyone um at any other school to think that i'm attacking them i no, am simply no. defending wilson because right. i'm here to promote my student athletes mm-hmm. the ones that i coached and the ones that i see on friday nights now we're not high school coaches no but we stay connected to the program pretty closely and i i'm looking out for their best interests not yours it's not my job right. to promote your school or feel sorry for your school right. that that's not me i'm a wilson guy right. so i will be out there promoting and defending them uh, unless it's not something that i see fit to do right. but in this situation i think district three looks terrible 
They, they look awful. Right. Whether they want to admit it or not, and based right. on their quotes, they don't think so. Right. Which is ridiculous. Well, they're in a spot where they can sit, they can take their ball and, and leave. Like, what? what's going right, to happen? Right, yeah, right. There's no accountability there. Right. They're nothing. They're nothing. Right. So I look forward to the Zoom call tomorrow. So. All right. Anything else to add before no. we um, finish just, this? Just to circle back to the beginning of the show. Um, I think this team has uh, really kind of they showed a lot to me, honestly. That I that I said I, I wasn't sure what what we were going to get after week one um, for lots of reasons that we kind of covered in the show tonight. And so, like to to come out and have this the season to this point that they've had is um, something to hold your head high about. And um, they they did what they could do, and so that. It, from the start, this is going to be a crazy season, right? Like we didn't know there are moments where we didn't know if we were going to have a season to having a season. And then, you know, so, you know, it's, while it's not necessarily what anyone had envisioned, um, you know, you, you make the best with what you've got. And and there's a lot to be said for that. And with that being said, um, you have the chance as of right now to go out at least one more time, maybe only one more time, and uh, play high school football. Um, and Right, you're giving hey, them another game. Right. And, man, I, I know a lot of people, not, not necessarily this year, but also this year, who would give anything for one more game, you know? And, and so for once, you can guarantee, without a doubt, because there may be no next week, that you can finish the season with a win. I thought of that. Which I thought of that. has... No Wilson team that has made the playoffs can say that. Right. Because Wilson hasn't finished the season with a victory in the, in the biggest game. You could make an argument, depending on how things go, that... Well... At least not recently. Since the, I was going to say, playoff in, in, the, in, in the playoff era, you could be the best Wilson team to ever end their season on a win. Right. right. <laughs> There's a bit of a caveat, it's but like... A little bit we'll, we'll leave that out there, there. but... I almost said the best Wilson team ever, and then I was like, "Wait a minute!" There were times where there weren't yeah. playoffs, and I might have some people. Oh, you have to, oh man, like, you would get it. Yes, you would. See, you would receive comments and messages immediately. Actually, to be fair, to say in the playoff era, you probably would. That's <laughs> true. I might have to uh, take you to task. So, all right, uh, before we wrap up for good, let's take a listen to one more advertisement from Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app, the all-sports social media app for young athletes. Live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. All right. Thanks again to May Sandwich Shop and Small Player Big Play for sponsoring the show. Well, I think that's it. That concludes episode 12 of the Bulldog Hour 6 season. Again, we will be back 
next Sunday, November 1st, for episode 13, where we will recap what will most likely be a game against Mannheim Central. And by then, I would think we would probably know if the Wilson season will continue with the game right. or two uh, in as, November. As news about that comes out, I'm sure uh, you can tune into the social media aspects and you will keep everyone up to date there. Absolutely. So, a congratulations once again to the players and the coaches Absolutely. for Section One champs winning the Lancaster Lebanon League Section One, an outright title. Absolutely huge accomplishment, and uh, nothing that you should be uh, upset about. Um, things didn't go our way, and uh, that is no fault of anyone uh, right. on the team in any capacity. And uh, that's where we're going to leave it for now. So, thanks for joining us. Uh, until next time, remember, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.